Hi, and welcome to the Cosmic Chats podcast with me, your host, Debbie Sugarbaker. On this show, I share conversations with individuals whose work, knowledge, wisdom, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and see the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive all of that and tap into your own heart and energy to create possibilities and elevate your experience of this reality we call life. Please enjoy this episode. First of all, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Actually, very excited to be here. I hope we can share beautiful, beautiful things. I'm so excited. Welcome to my, to this interview. It's so nice to meet you. We haven't met before. I am just a regular person who enjoys, who I call myself like a spiritual enthusiast. I enjoy speaking and talking with people who have a spiritual practice, are um, have had spiritual experiences, just to hear you know, different perspectives on connecting with the soul and connecting with one spirit. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm here today. I'm joined by my friend Juan Carlos, who I have known for at least five years, I believe. No, I think it's even more than five years now, maybe six, six, probably six. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. We met when I went to, uh, Juan Carlos had a, um, co-workspace in Houston. And I had just moved to Houston and I walked in there one day to just check it out. I was looking for a space to work and I instantly felt like Raul, if anybody here knows Raul, he was working there and he gave me a tour and I immediately felt like super connected to the vibe of the place, the energy. And I said like, whose place is this? And then you sure enough, like five seconds later, you walked up and the rest is history. We, we became friends. So... Um, Juan Carlos, for, for anyone who doesn't know, he is, I would say, a healer of sorts. Juan Carlos, I know you're very much into healing the body, you know, from the inside out, um, working with herbs, working with um, different natural remedies, and you're also into a variety of esoteric teachings, as well as astrology. So that's a little bit about both of us. Juan Carlos, feel, feel free to add anything. I think that that's... Uh... That's a lot, basically. But yeah, for those who don't know me, born and raised in Colombia, uh, was born in the Pablo Escobar era. Yes, when he was bombing and destroying the country's reputation, mostly more than human lives. Um, moved to the United States about 2000, 1999. Became a school teacher for about 10 years. Then after that, I was uh, started a path. Uh, also became more of a hobby as a bodybuilder, uh, bringing my physical interest into more into a uh, competitive level then uh entered into a new phase that i started to walk into a more of an unconscious level then i became a entrepreneur business owner of a couple of companies um co-working office space real estate broker um investor all these facades all these roles that we play in this called society now i think it's a bit different and that's where we're here to share you mentioned that you were at one point, and if you check out, I always like saw, I thought when I remember when I saw this picture of you back in the day when you were a bodybuilder, I was like, whoa, 
you know, even though I know that you're very strong now and you're very fit and take care of yourself, but I, I was really surprised. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about how you got into that um, bodybuilding and what it was like for you and maybe some lessons that you've learned from it. Perfect. I think I'm going to connect the bodybuilding circumstance in my life to what the actual value that we want to bring to everybody. Because I know most likely everybody at some point in their lives is going to feel related to um, these things that I'm going to be sharing. Bodybuilding uh, began as a need of, you know, physical, kinesthetic, child, wanting to be moving, playing all sports. And uh, that was a, an essential way for me to learn, which through body movement and knowing why. Some people are more kinesthetic, some others are less kinesthetic. In my personal case, I noticed that I wanted to be playing all, you know, all possible sports out there. Then I enter more into a phase of when you become an, an adolescent, you know, a teenager that I start to uh, belong, but I also wanted to, at some point, feel independent, independent from my parents, independent from, from society, and a little bit of a, like a rebel type. Uh, and I found that um, mountain biking, bodybuilding, offer me the ability to continue to practice sports without having to rely on groups, without having to meet agendas and criteria. But most likely the bodybuilding started off because I now I'm able, I'm aware of these things of many, many, uh, or a couple of complexes that I have developed since I was a little child. And these complexes have to do starting with the physical. Yes, I wasn't, I never felt content with the way I look or the way society wanted me to look as a man, the way I presented myself with women, you know, the girls at the time. And I remember these two guys that, you know, all the women were looking at it because they were already built and they were about my age. One of them was like two years older. And I went to the park and I started doing some pull-ups and then I went, I joined a gym and the rest is history because it's been, I have not been stopping uh, the, the practice ever since. Now I don't call it, I don't call it bodybuilding anymore because bodybuilding is too exterior type. But it became as a way of reassure a lot of now that I'm aware of wounds, complexes, and fears that I developed throughout my childhood. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to be aware of that. But at the, at the time, it was my only escape to feel respected, to feel noticed, to feel valued, to feel that I, I, was in, uh, I had a sense of belonging and to feel loved. So I think a lot of bodybuilders out there are there in looking at the mirrors with a big orexia, trying to get bigger, bigger. I got to, up to 240 pounds. I was eating like six to 7,000 calories a day, training twice a day in my life. So it was uh, like your whole mindset was, was based in the, your, a lot of your time was spent on thinking about how many calories and how many, a lot of your energy was wrapped up in the, the bodybuilding. There was a lot of focus there, but it was not my only, because we have to remember, we are a result of everything that comes around us. Right. Consciously and unconsciously. So therefore also have the obligation to fulfill an education system, to get a, a diploma and a degree. And um, you know, you're young, you're trying to experience independence and so forth. So it was not my only driven motivator, but at some point, because I never wanted to become like a full-time bodybuilder. Never right. was my intention. Then right. I discovered. But did you do this while you were teaching or was this prior? I started when I was 19 training. My competition never started until like the age of 24. So I was already teaching 
when I um, started into the competition because I was asked, oh, are you a bodybuilder? I'm like, no, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm just working out. I'm working out to build my body so that makes me a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, well, I'm doing everything that is required. Why not I, I go into competition? And then when I won my first competition right away, and I felt really confident. And that confidence was the replacement of that lack of love, that complex, the physical complex that I had growing up and looking at other men. I grew up without a father. He passed away after being completely intoxicated with alcohol when I was three years of age. And that now today I'm aware of many things that are manifesting in today's lives. So uh, everything it has a direct correlation of what we have been going through in this and past lives for those of us who believe in, in a, that we bring other homework from other dimensions. Right. So bodybuilding became my escape of facing myself because I have been weak psychologically speaking because I was never given the tools as a society. Doesn't, they don't even exist because we are not trained, taught, or anything that has to do with how we Manage emotions. See right? everything that occurs in our life and why do they manifest the way they manifest? You know, like the career that we choose. Most of the time, it's a career that has nothing to do with what we wanted to do, but we have to fit society's needs. And then we ended up studying something that it was not spirit-driven, for instance. And the bodybuilding, in that sense, was giving me stability, kept me out of drugs. I don't think I will have the personality or my family was, you know, in that core because I have very... Uh, strong family um, values when I was growing up, but I had the absence of a, of a dad. I, you know, I didn't have a male figure in my life. And I think trying to show the physical strength outside was to hide all my inner emotions of fear, of lack right. of love, and, and many, many other things. So when I, when I bring the bodybuilding to the context, it's just that I'm extremely thankful that that happened, but he's been taking me 30 years to realize why I started bodybuilding. Now it's a lifestyle, but it's not, it doesn't consume my day, for instance. You know, it's just a part of stimulating all realms in this, what I call life. Right. Because now I know that you're also like into other forms of healing, like how to heal that inner child, for example, meditation, um, Jungian analysis, astrology. I know you're into all of that and you've really put a lot of time into kind of healing that inner child and learning how to love yourself from the inside out. It's really beautiful to see. So speaking of that, my second question has to do with, it's a little bit different, but I know like, for example, that during the past couple of years or anyone who's gone to Juan Carlos's Instagram will see that you do a lot of these coffee enemas and you're really into clearing um, your energy of parasites. So, or I mean, clearing your body of parasites. And I said energy too, because you know, they do affect our energy. So I wondered if you might be able to just share a little bit about your journey battling parasites. Perfect. So life circumstances will bring you closer to self. Right. So they, they may manifest in an emotional wound, they may manifest in a physical wound, they may manifest in a mental uh, scenario or in a spiritual realm, the four dimensions. So when you, met, when you said, oh, Juan Carlos is also spiritual, what I think I'm also a part of a whole and i think the flyer that that you made for this particular talk has to do with that from carl gustav Jung that says i'd rather be whole than good is because finally i started to realize my shadows my dark sides and integrate them and accept them and control them obviously transform them or eliminate eliminating them so that 
now put me into realization that um, there's a, 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 very, a very strong philosopher back in the day, uh, 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 yeah, more like a monk type, um, George Ivanovich Gordiev. And he's taught the, something called the fourth way, the fourth way. And then in those techniques, he was asked, he was invited to, to give a talk. And then in this talk, many, many experts were invited to express an opinion of what men was at the time. Obviously, they listened to the architect, to the lawyer, to the doctor, and everybody gave their um, drawn conclusions about what they think men. So the doctor said it's a unity of organs and anatomy and cells. And the lawyer said that the man is an entity that has to be regulated by laws and, uh, and norms. And then, you know, the architect says, uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a being that needs the space to live, work, and congregate with other human beings. When they ask Gurdjieff about what his expression of man was, he said, it's all of that together because in each person relies one perception, one truth. So when you talk about parasites and the physical and the meditation and doing all these things, is that it doesn't matter where it manifests in your life, it doesn't have the, the relevance that is more important. You just appear there first, you can start putting them together. So coffee enemas and parasites. Oh, Juan Carlos is only the bodybuilders. He's going to be talking about only the physical and the physical and the physical. And it's not going to give it any importance to um, how your psychology affects your microbiomes, how the your emotions increase or decrease the activity of, you know, of your cells within the body. So with that being said, I started to tackle the, the things, how they manifest in my life. So I started to feel that, you know, my memory wasn't, you know, as, as sharp as I wanted it to be. My energy levels were dropping constantly that I needed to take a nap. I was feeling exhausted, tired. And that takes life force away from me for the things that I, at a time that I believed that I wanted to take on. At the time, I wanted to become an entrepreneur because that's what society was implementing or programming into my brain. But I was lacking the energy. I was lacking the life force. And I was like, how come I don't feel motivated? How come I feel tired? But then you look at my Instagram and you show that I'm, you know, that I'm working out, that I'm doing all these things, that I woke up at four in the morning, not realizing that I was putting my body in detriment, trying to overdrive. Overfunctioning. Over Something that a lot of people can relate to actually is overfunctioning in general correct. in life. And now we're kind of learning to like step back and maybe do things a little bit slower, you know, especially in this with this Corona time to kind of take our time with things and be more mindful about our steps throughout the day. We are in a overheated, exalted, aroused system per se. And that doesn't allow the antagonic system, which is the relaxation, the stillness, the quietness that is required for the, the complementary processes. So going back to the parasites, I realized that we're a whole, we're a whole being. And these little creatures that, rely, that live in my body called parasites, which we have about 80 to 90 trillion of these ones, almost the same amount of cells that we have in the body, that probably tells you that we are 80, 90% microbiomes or parasites. And as a result of that, they also are entities with feelings and also manifest their things. And they, once they get and get control of the host, they will manifest in feeding me and will take, because a parasite, the main job of the parasites is to decompose. So they'll do their job to decompose you from within 
to take you back to take you back where you belong, which is Earth. <laughs> so it sounds terrible, but is is the the question is balance, symbiosis, harmony, you know? And I was living right. life. You're always you're basically always gonna have like people take like probiotics, you're always gonna have I mean and obviously I don't know so much about this, but you're always gonna have certain microorganisms in your body. You the, the point is to get into a balance and not to overfeed exactly or because have ones uh, that aren't welcome the mentality of destruction sometimes you know total destruction doesn't exist you know you have to do a demolition before but you have to have a foundation for the next the new the new phase to come in if you're speaking of like thinking of a house same thing happens in your body when you go into the parasites i was noticing that i was feeling also anxious i was starting to feel more depressed it was affecting my relationships and then no sit and meditate yes but once i begin giving more importance to one than the other one and i don't tackle all of them at the same time meaning my meditation along with my protocol for parasites along with my psychology work along with my physical work it is not going to work it's not going to work so i started off okay what is it that is unknown to me oh that i live with these creatures inside of me but there's like a, it's like you're a bouncer of a club and you've got too many of the the ones that you were not you were told not to let in you need to get back in and say hey guys sorry you need to get out of this club because we need more space we need you know social distancing right now or we need more equivalent half and half so right. i started doing the same thing but instead of being i'm gonna kick everybody out because there's i, I need to keep a lot of them here you know because i need to right. the club needs to be running so I, so in the protocol process i started to experiment very rough uh, more anxiety moments, more depressed times that we manifest in a relationship we manifest. And at the end of the day, the real world that happens outside is because it's already occurring within. So that's it's interesting. Goes. It's interesting you said that because once I, um, I did a parasite cleanse, but before that I had been speaking with someone who was actually a theta healer. And for people who don't know, theta healing is a healing modality where you go into a theta brainwave state and actually are able to shift beliefs on this subconscious level. Correct. And because our beliefs create our reality, so you're, you actually can experience a different reality. So this is kind of deep, but this was a Theta Healing session that I had. So I was speaking with a Theta Healer and I was telling her some of the thoughts that I had. And she said, you know, I think like a lot of the thoughts that, you ha that you're having are thoughts that like sometimes someone with parasites might have. I just wanted to interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or sign up for a one-on-one -on -one healing session with me. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. But I just thought it was really interesting because there were kind of like thoughts of I can't do it. You know, I can't get past this very defeatist thinking. And um, I did do the parasite cleanse and I did feel a difference in my energy. Everything is connected, like you said. So your energy shifts, your thoughts shift, your actions shift, your life shifts. It's really powerful. So I'm going to leave the link below to the company that that you suggested to me for a I'm still using that because the, their protocol can last up to two years. So people think of drinking one thing and then I did a detox parasite protocol. No, this thing is 
herbs as extracts in phase one, two, three, four, even though I've been complemented with other ones, you know, also ones that I've learned from shamans. Yeah, it may take up to at least six. I mean, if it took you 30 years to get where you are, don't even think that it's in one week it's going to be all he's going to be yeah. all over. No, no I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that my that the cleanse that I did was sufficient. I know that there's a lot more intense ones, but I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave the company the inform the company that you suggested to me. I'm going to leave it in the comments below. Perfect, beautiful. Now, I want to move on to our last question because I know that we don't have so much time, but this is about. Another thing that you'll see if you go to Juan Carlos's Instagram page are many photos from the Amazon and from Colombia and from um, a certain tribe that he is connected with there. So I just wanted you to, to tell me a little bit about how did, first of all, how did you get connected to these people and what is it, you know, how does it add value to your life and what is it that you want to share with others about this powerful experience that you've had. Perfect. Thank you for sharing. That's, uh, I get excited to talk about uh, this uh, beautiful experience. Number one, I'm going to take the, um, <laughs> the, the sense of feeling unique. We are all unique, but we are all part of everything, everything all together. And we're also responding to forces that are influencing humanity right now. So I'm also feeling that I'm going along with those waves. Uh, if you notice, more and more people are talking about going and spending time with shamans. And, you know, we never spoke about these things 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was a very secretive, you know, group that will go to the, to the jungles and experience something like that. Right now, it's more and more, more known. So that responds to me tagging along, basically. I was born in Colombia. I speak Spanish. So it was a lot easier for me to say, hey, I moved out of Colombia with a total level of unconsciousness and ignorance of the resources within my country. Then life circumstances, synchronicity started to bring live events and people to my life to say, hey, I'm from Canada, but I was in Peru. Oh, I'm from Mexico, but I was in Mexico, you know, and exploring with, you know, shamans and traps from, from Colombia. So the curiosity began more of a life quest. They said, what is it? What is it that plant medicine can do for you? What is it about psychedelics? And what is it that it has to do with my spiritual growth or my barely about to begin inner child healing, my psyche healing, my inner healing that barely, I feel that I it just barely began last year in 2020. Even though I've been trying to push it for the last 2020, uh, for the last 10 years, it, it began. So yes, I told my mom, look, I'm gonna go to Colombia, I'm gonna do ayahuasca. There's a plant medicine called ayahuasca from the Amazon, it's, it's, it's a psychedelic substance. I don't call it psychedelic, I call it more of a visionary. Visionary means it allows you to open up closed doors, basically. I don't believe in drugs, I don't want to, you know, get high, I don't, I don't want to do any, any of these things. People die, people, you know, all of these messages from the wrong, wrong, wrong sources and wrong facts, unchecked facts, and I quote unquote <laughs> the fact checker that I'm bringing to this uh, interview. So yes, I ended up meeting, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, do a cer first ceremony back in the mountains of Colombia. I was born in the mountains. My, my hometown, Bogota, is in the mountains about 10, almost 19,000 feet above the sea level. And I've celebrated my first ceremony of ayahuasca. And it's basically, you can attain all of this on your own. Everything is within us. 
it contains something called DMT, it's a substance. It's a chemical substance that when you combine two plants, like mushrooms and other substances, the plant medicine have a knowledge to be a message. Because at the end of the day, everything goes back to you. Nothing gets sold there unless you're willing and you are in knowledge of what is it that you are going to accomplish. And I can tell you that episode has brought beautiful people in my life, like the presence of Debbie in my life, my spiritual guide friend, and so forth. Um, and the light circumstances and the perception that I have attained after the ceremonies and also my physical body, just to let people know, I haven't had a medical insurance since 2009, 2010, and I became a responsible person and responsible person in my spiritual, mental, physical. What's interesting is actually you sent me a, a link for, it was a documentary about, about ayahuasca and about different people's different experiences. I don't think it was with in the Amazon, but what stuck out to me when I watched it was there was this gentleman who had gone and he said that part of his experience was that he basically came face to face with like these different aspects of himself. There were like little boy, like him as a little boy, you know, who felt unloved, who felt alone, who felt angry, who felt um, neglected, who felt abandoned. And what he did through that experience was that he was able to love all those different parts of himself. And so when he emerged from the experience, he was just full of love and he felt more whole. And I, I mean, I've never, I've never had the experience like with the ayahuasca or anything, but I think that I definitely have had experience, similar experiences to that. You know, like you said, you don't need to have uh, ayahuasca to have those type of experiences where I came face to face with parts of myself that didn't feel good enough, that felt um, neglected, that felt uh, shame and to bring love there and to hear him say it in that video was so powerful because then he, he was kind of narrating the whole thing and he was just, just beaming, just full of love and full of connection and feeling the person next to him and connecting with his family in a different way and just enjoying his life, like living with this open heart. So that's what I took from, you know, that link that you sent me. It was really powerful because I feel like also a lot of people have been going through a process similar to this, you know, recently, like dealing with shadow aspects and coming face to face with why am I so triggered by this situation, coming face to face with our fears and learning how to really love ourselves through it and come out to be these more whole beings. Um, right. So I just, I found what you sent me really powerful and I know, your experiences of there, probably what you're telling me is not even like, you know, scratching the surface of what you've experienced, but um, it's certainly powerful. And it's certainly part of, I think, this kind of healing that we're going through uh, individually and collectively. Yeah, one thing that I'd like to add, you know, from that experience, I don't like, I don't like to share my own experience because, you know, it kind of like uh, creates a little bit of stimulation of people's um, perception. So it's, it's best as, as my, one of the shamans said, oh, you want to learn ayahuasca? And I said, yes. And he said, here, drink it. He never said a word about ayahuasca. <laughs> so here, it's a pragmatic life experience. Experience. Only, only self will discover it. Not, not, no teachings, no books, nothing, because they don't believe in that type of learning experience. But the one thing that the indigenous people do is that there's no separation of the psyche. There's no separation of the physical realm, which is the body. And whenever they do a ceremony 
is always a ritually and also is also a parasite uh, detox in a way because there's a purge process a purge stage throughout the ceremony where you could be vomiting you could be also having diarrhea and in the physical realm you manifest and you feel uh, weak depending on depending on you it's not it's not equal for everybody it's not equal every time that you do it i've done quite a number of them and they, they all have manifested in a different way well, especially when the ego becomes too confident oh i've done 15 and then boom you get a little bit of a shaking wake up but the plan they call it in colombia we don't call it ayahuasca the indigenous people call it yahe so that's more meaningful to me yahe it's just another word basically another phonetic word for the same entity and they believe that the medicine, that's how they call it, the medicine, once it enters into the body, is going to do, number one, understand that the only reason that you're not able to connect to yourself and therefore the higher dimension called the cosmos and the divine and God and everything is because you're toxic and toxicity covers. It's like your pineal gland gets, you know, clotted with a lot of calcium and it needs to be shaken away. It needs to be like, the battery force has to be completely clear out. So the first thing that the, the plant medicine will ask you to do, because you do everything, is get all these physical toxins is, is as soon as possible, which is de debris come, got to come, uh, come out of the body, which is, you know, you will have diarrhea if that's needed, or you will have vomiting, you will have both of them, and so forth. Yes, sounds terrible, but it's not as bad. I mean, I cannot tell you until it's you- It's part of the, the cleansing process. The purge. Then, when the plant has noticed and realized, then the plant will tell you, oh, is this what you want to do? You want to enter into an altered state of higher levels of consciousness? The plant goes, the way I metaphorically speaking, is that goes and opens the door and says, go walk the door. Whatever, whatever door is in your, in your, in your willingness to, to cross the path, a memory, an abusive situation, you name it. Like dealing with your, it can help a person deal with their trauma, basically. Your trauma, your addictions, your pain, your wounds, everything else. We here in the West, all we are just, oh, I'm just gonna clear all my, my, my parasites, not realizing that they're also beings. They're also creating, they're also manifesting energies without, within ourselves. So they go into a ceremonial part of it. And I think that's the biggest attribute that they don't separate the body and the soul is they make it intertwine. And, and secondly, uh, speaking of the plant, it is a reminder that it's an awakening calling for you to see the unseen of what you have not been able to see before in your life. Right. I also believe, I have to put this out there, that these this kind of like spiritual awakening or these kinds of awakenings can happen anytime so i believe that we're always um our soul is always available to us no matter where we are we're always connected to that we always have that divine light inside and we can always find that connection correct but, um and one of the ways i think for me is a great way where i connect is when i go out for a walk out in nature so i wanted to ask you about because i know that you're whenever i see on your instagram you're always like out playing music by a pond or <laughs> connecting with trees? How does nature play a role in your daily life? Thank you, this beautiful question. It's always been there for all of us. It's always been there. In my way, it really manifested in an intellectual way after my sister that she's endured many, many physical trials. 
illnesses and so forth that is getting us closer to consciousness, I started to realize, and I got a book written by um, a lawyer in the 1800s, between eight and late, um, late 1800s, beginning of 1900s. He became, after that, he became a doctor. And in this book, is uh, the title of the book in Spanish, is a, um, from Chile, is Natural Medicine to the Rich or at the Rich to Everybody. That would be like kind of like the translation, which means the medicine is available to you for free. And then he says that the urban men, this is in the 1800s, he wrote all of this for the modern men, for all of us to get the sense of what he was coming. And he said that the urban man is destined to illness because we have created a world of isolation, not understanding that our world is integration and full adaptation. That's why we're the weakest species out there. One night out in the rain and we die. And you have the, the birds and the rats. In, in a cold rain, in a cold rain, like right now in Houston, Texas, one night out and it's, it's over. I'm I telling you, we are, yeah, it's over. We, we cannot sustain cold. We cannot sustain heat. We cannot sustain natural conditions. We have removed that because we created a, a system of life of isolation where we have a lot of concrete, a lot of protection, a lot of metal around that disrupts our antennas to have a higher connection with self and with everything else. Right. So getting out in nature can really help us to like uh, strengthen those antennas and strengthen your connection. And Thank you for complimenting trees, what I was trying to say. <laughs> trees especially are really powerful. Exactly. So, so being out there is necessary. Yes. So I know that we've gone way over, but I wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish you a lot of love and light on your way and peace to everybody who's watching. Thank you so much. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, everybody else. And I hope this uh, resonates with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I truly hope you enjoyed and received benefit from this episode. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and or leave me a review. I appreciate your energy and support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well and take good care. Bye-bye, everyone. Lots of love. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.